2: Hello and welcome to Game of Opinions. Ben Snowball's on a well-deserved holiday this week, so it's me, Pete Sharlan, jumping into the hosting chair. We're going to be talking about all things Barcelona, and I'm delighted to say that I've got two Spanish experts with me today to help me along. First of
0: all, Michael Hinks, welcome back to the show. Great to be back, Pedro. Great to be back. Already getting the Spanish
2: flavour. I see, I like that. Graham Rothen as well is back in the chair. How are you doing, Graham?
0: Not bad. How are you,
2: Pedro? Very well. I'm already <laughs> loving this. I'm going to start, if I may, with a little timeline, just to sort of... Enlighten everyone as to the mess that is Barcelona and bear in mind that all the events I'm about to list happened this very year. In January, Eric Abidal travelled to Qatar to chat to Xavi about potentially taking over from Néstor Valverde. They then sacked Néstor Valverde. They couldn't get Xavi in because he decided it wasn't the right time. They then approached both Ronald Koeman and Maurizio Pochettino. Neither of them were interested. They then went to their fourth choice, Kike SEM. In February, Eric Abidal gave an interview where he appeared to blame the players for Valverde's departure, to which Lionel Messi, of all people, responded on Instagram. The club had to have crisis peace talks between the pair to resolve the relationship. In March, just before lockdown, they lost El Clasico, so Real Madrid cut the gap to two points. In April, six directors resigned in protest at the way the club was being run. In June, La Liga returned. Real had a two-point deficit. They made it up and they won the league. In August, as we've just seen in the last week or so, they were knocked out of the Champions League 8-2 by Bayern Munich, a humiliation of epic proportions. They have now sacked Kike Setien and brought in Ronald Koeman. Eric Abidal has also been sacked. It is a chaotic eight months or so for Barcelona. Is that it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It is an unbelievable period of time for one club. The other things to mention is that Ramon Planes has come in to take over from Abidal. He was Abidal's assistant. President José Bartomeu has said that the elections for the next presidential board will be brought forward to March 2021, that's obviously for financial reasons, still they will still effectively be in control for the next season. Graham, can I start with you, how on earth have Barcelona got themselves into this mess?
1: Yes, when you, when you trace it back it's this this week, the events of this week have been building for a while, haven't they? And you wouldn't say that they're over either. I mean, as long as Bartomeu's there, you, you would say that the, the controversy is, is probably going to continue um, until he's out of the club. So Yeah, it's it's a mess that Barcelona at the moment you also missed out the the social media scandal that they had, I'm not sure if you mentioned that. Yeah, of course. Where uh, Bartomeu uh, through a third party company essentially, although he blurs the lines of what actually happened, but essentially paid a company to to troll his own players on on social media to make him look better, which um, I think is one of the craziest stories, but um, yeah, a mess that has eventually over a number of years kind of trickled down onto the pitch and, and culminated in what we saw in that catastrophic defeat to the Bayern Munich
2: the other night. it's very easy to blame us all on Bartomeu. And I've seen a lot of people, a lot of Spanish journalists and people in the Catalan media, say he's probably the worst president Barcelona have ever had. And you don't want to blame it all in one person. But actually, when you directly look at the way Florentino Perez, who was almost more of a joke in some ways, has run Real Madrid for the last seven to eight years. I mean, the Champions League to speak for themselves. And even if you look at it in the way they managed Cristiano Ronaldo versus the way Barcelona managed Lionel Messi, like Real just has so much better run right now, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but I think, I think it was a case of resting on their laurels way too early. I mean, you had Bartomeu come in in 2014. And what do you go and do the next year? You go and win the treble. And with that team they had especially, it was hard to improve and they didn't make the greatest improvements after that summer. And from there, it kind of just spiraled really. And it spiraled in the sense that they still either win La Liga or they come a close second. And their journeys in the Champions League are still to at least the quarterfinals, just not any further. So yeah, it's, it's easy to blame him, but I mean, there's so many things that you've just listed that have gone on in eight months. I mean, it's hard to know where to begin. So Graham, in
2: an interview with uh, Bleacher Report in 2017, presidential candidate Victor Font sort of said, insinuated basically, that those at the top of Barcelona are there due to influence and money rather than actual football understanding. In his interview yesterday, President Bartomeu said that he thought after the Liverpool defeat in the Champions League the season prior to this one, that things needed to change. But things were bad before that. So is this just basically um, backing up Font's point that these people actually don't really understand what's going on on the pitch?
1: Yeah, I I think if Bartomeu thinks Anfield was when things needed to change, he wasn't at the Stadio Olimpico for when uh, Barcelona collapsed famously or infamously to to Roma. Um, Yeah, this has been going on for a a long time. Barcelona have never been one for... If you look at every aspect of of the club at the moment, and I'm not entirely sure which part is succeeding, because as Victor Font has suggested in that interview, if, if the people at the top of Barcelona are financial minds. Um, the financial side of the club is, is not working either. I mean, they, they basically sold Artur to, to Juventus and got Pjanic in purely to kind of balance the books. They did similar with Poligno the season before. So the, the wage bill is crippling at Camp Nou, and that's, that's really hindering them. So that side's not working. The, the transfer strategy isn't working. My, uh, Barcelona have never been one to hire big-name managers, but when was the last really successful manager? I mean, I know Ernesto Valverde this is the paradox of Barcelona, as he won league titles, he took them to Champions League semi-finals. But by the standards of Barcelona, Valverde was never that popular, particularly towards the end of his tenure. So you know, you're going back to Luis Enrique as, as, as the last uh, successful Barcelona manager. And even when he was in charge, there was a sense that he was taking the, the principles and values of Pep and, and it just extrapolating them out a little bit further and maybe modernising them a little bit in terms of how he was willing to go a little bit more direct to, to Neymar and maybe a little bit more counter-attacking. So Barcelona have needed a reboot for a long time. I think um, what is in their favour, in a sense, is that Barcelona as a club, this is not a new thing for them. I mean, this was what uh, Joan Laporta encountered when he first came into the club in 2003. Um, he hired... Uh, Frank Rijkaard, of course, and, and famously uh, said that he was going to sign David Beckham, who went to Real Madrid, and then he got Ronaldinho. That didn't work out too badly for them. So Barcelona, they tend to go in these sort of cycles. They have these these massive peaks and then these dips, and then they kind of rebuild. Um, and that's not saying that rebuilding is easy, but they have been here before and they have done it before. So that is maybe where... And also, you referenced Real Madrid in an earlier question. It's, it's worth re- recounting that last year Real Madrid were supposedly in this situation, you know, a generational transition was needed. Apparently they needed to get out Ramos and Modric and Benzema and then Zidane just found a, li- a way to get a little bit more out of them and now they're Spanish champions. So football is funny in the way that it works. And I, I think maybe it's in terms of the team on the pitch is slightly overblown in terms of the problems that they face. I'm not saying they don't have problems, but in terms
2: of the political side of things, yeah, they are in a mess. Yeah, we'll touch on the squad a little bit later. But Hinksy, the man who's going to be tasked, at least on the pitch and in the dressing room with this rebuild, is obviously Ronald Koeman, former Everton, Southampton and Netherlands manager, as well as other clubs in Spain and Holland. Just purely looking at it from an actual tactical fit. I mean, he's someone who's ingrained with the club's philosophy, played obviously in in the dream team. So you can, from that sense at least, you can sort of understand it, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has a a great affinity with the club and... um... But I, I mean, immediately, I almost feel sorry for him because I think we all kind of understand that we might touch on it in a bit, that he basically has a season in charge of his dream role. And there's a, every chance that he may never even manage in front of a full new Camp, in front of the club that he played for and obviously helped win the European Cup. And he's got this one-year shot to kind of change all that around. He's been handed this task of maybe doing the unwanted dirty work before Xavi maybe comes in next season of getting rid of, not necessarily Deadwood, but getting rid of these players, again, that we'll probably come to that don't think they are the problem, won't be willing to leave. And he's going to have to, not only on top of all this tactical issue, he's going to have to really, really change this mentality in the dressing room whilst somehow keeping the majority of them on board. And pff, I, I do not envy him one little bit with that task.
2: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. He seems like he's on a hiding to nothing. And as you touched on the start there, I think Victor Font has already said it, and I'm pretty sure Laporta said the same, that if they are to win the elections next year, they'll both look to bring in Xavi Hernandez. So as you said, he's on a hiding to nothing. And he initially didn't take the job because he wanted to manage the Netherlands at Euro twenty twenty, which obviously was postponed. He's going to be out of a job probably at the end of the season, and then he'll watch the Netherlands be taken by someone else. And that's a good Netherlands team. Like I don't, I'm not yeah. saying it was guaranteed to win it, but it could have gone pretty mm-hmm. far. Like, and a lot of those young players will be a year better. And like, I understand like he has this emotional connection with the club, but for what? Like for one year, maybe even a bit less, like depending on how things go, like. For me, it just seems I, I, he's a stock at best, and for him, I just don't understand why he's done it.
0: I guess for him, the only the only thing that he can say is, or see is that if Xavi is on the way in 2021, and if that's like a big project that the net, that Victor Font especially wants to have with the team, is when when's his next chance? When would yeah. he get the opportunity? So if you're going to get one year, if you're going to get one season, and can it get much worse than this season? In 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 Spanish terms, in terms of Real Madrid or Barcelona, you're gonna come first or second, maybe third if Atletico push. So yeah, I mean, he's got a runners-up spot and a Champions League quarter-final to beat and he could come away with one trophy and he could be like, you know what, look at that season at at the club I've always wanted to manage. Here you go, Xavi. I've got rid of a few players. Here you go. Heart over head, I think, for Coleman. So obviously...
2: We're still waiting to see what who Bartomeo puts up because there will be a candidate from this current selection of the board. We don't know who that is yet. He'll go up against either Fonto or Laporta. Let's just focus a little bit more on Coomin, the manager himself. I mean, these a lot of these croft disciples, some of them have obviously gone into great things, but some of them have really struggled. I sort of see it. In a similar way, in some regards to Bill Belichick in the NFL, some of his coaches have gone on to do okay, but others have really struggled. Koeman has had some success. There's always been some kind of like accusation against him, often that he can tend to lose the dressing room. I mean, Graham, do you think he's going to be able to command the respect as a former player or are his managerial shortcomings going to count against him? I don't see it going well. His career's been a funny one as a manager, hasn't
1: it? Because he's always had kind of two acts. There was a first act where he was promising as Ajax when he got them very close to the kind of Champions League semi-finals. I seem to remember two thousand three, and at that time, um, going way back, I, I, I was reading he was he was actually a candidate along with Rijkaard um, to when the came into Barcelona to get that that job. So. I guess that's maybe why, going back to what Michael was saying, that this is, he feels like this is maybe his last chance. He has been linked with this job before. He's maybe come close to it before, but he's, he's not going to get it again. It, it feels like. Um, then he had. I mean, he has. He has. A, he has a managerial journeyman. Coleman. I mean, that, that that word is, is obviously loaded with, uh, you know, bad connotations. But that that is what he is. He had a lot of clubs. Um, Valencia. That he won a Copa del Rey at, at Valencia, but ended. In disaster, really. I mean, they, they remember him as one of the worst managers that that club has ever had, and that club had Gary Neville as their manager. So uh, he left them in not far above the relegation zone, I think. I remember seeing a, a picture back in January when Coman was linked with his job. At, uh, there was a tweet going around of of uh, effigies outside outside Mestalla of of uh, burning effigies of of Coman. So, and one of his issues that he had at Mestalla was that that he couldn't handle the the Eagles in the dressing room. So. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't bode well for him going into camp now, does it? You know, that with the, with the, 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 he was in there at the moment. I think more recently, he, he has kind of resurrected himself a little bit, obviously, in the Premier League. Southampton was, was, a, was a good spell, went to Everton, didn't work at Everton. But even since then, his spell at the Netherlands has uh, resurrected him a little bit. However, one of the things that Coleman's always been, I, I think anyway, one of his strengths as a manager has been his ability to coach a single game and in international football, that has suited him well because obviously you only get a handful of games to prepare for in a year. In club football, and particularly at a club like Barcelona, where if you drop points at all in any game, it doesn't matter who you're facing, um, you know, there's going to be an inquest on Monday morning in the Catalan press. I'm not sure that both as a coach and also in terms of his person of his personality, um, I'm not sure he's a great fit. Um I- and I- I'm not too
2: hopeful for Barcelona, to be honest. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Last thing, I think, wonderful quote Victor Fon gave last night on Spanish Radio where he said, we have to be grateful that Koeman wants to come to Barcelona in these circumstances, but it's a pity. He arrives for a project with no structure and no future. It's a risk that should be avoided. If we come out on top in the election, we will not be counting on him as our manager. So, I mean, as you say, you you can't then see us going well Obviously, in terms of dressing room egos, they don't come bigger than the best player in the world, on Messi. I mean, there are so many problems here and so many places to start. Mike, let's just start with the basic question, I guess. Do you think there's any chance he's going
0: to leave? Personally, I don't think so. I think, and I don't think it'll be Koeman who convinces him. I think it'll be the promise of a new regime in March. If the similar names are hanging around beyond March, then perhaps he will start looking elsewhere. But, I mean, to jump ship before you truly know where it's bound is a big, big ask and it would be, I mean, it would be the most monumental transfer of potentially this century, obviously, if he were to go, even though they are at their lowest point, that is probably the more important part of it, is can you see Messi actually going at this point when they're at their lowest? Because, I mean, he he wouldn't taint his reputation, he's obviously the greatest to many, but can you imagine leaving Barcelona when they've just lost 8-2 and that's your final game in a Barcelona shirt? I mean, for for many players, as we'll see, that will likely be the case. But I just don't think that he will want to tarnish his reputation by going when it couldn't get much worse.
1: And also there's the, the financial point of things as well. The Football Leaks book, which has got a lot of things right, I think it's fair to say, says that Barcelona pay him €2 million euros a week uh, before tax, which um, lowers anyone's wages. Obviously, there's very high taxes in Spain, but... Um, I don't see who, particularly in this economic climate, I don't see who is, is
2: is going to pay that. I mean, I totally agree with both of you. I think the only three clubs that come to mind immediately are Man City, PSG and Inter. And I think you can make very good reasons why each of those would not be able to pull it off. And I think in all likelihood, he will stay. There is clearly a Lionel Messi problem in the sense that he looks very disengaged on the pitch. And whilst his returns are still excellent, I mean, he he got 20 goals and 20 assists in the Liga this year, which has never been done before. Mm. So what needs to happen for him to become the player where he is just terrorising everyone, especially in the latter parts of the Champions League? Obviously, it's difficult now because he's 33, but is there a tactical tweak that Barca could consider or do they just need to try and build even more around him or relieve the responsibility? What do you think they need to do? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult question because Messi has always been a player almost without a position
1: a little bit. So it is difficult to build a, a structure around him. I think, obviously, he, he brings so much in a, in a productive sense that it's, it's worth. What I'm about to say but I think you almost I think you almost build a structure that works with 10 players and then you allow him to basically do what he wants because he doesn't track back all that much and he's never really been one for that but obviously he's so good in, the, in the other areas he gets away with it but he spends a lot of time with his hands on his hips now and I think I think that's just to kind of preserve himself for when he does get the ball and he can burst forward so yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of talk about him moving into, and he has already kind of moved into this position a little bit this season, into a more kind of Iniesta role. Um, I don't think he's capable of playing as a centre forward anymore, um, or even maybe even as a false nine. and uh, tried that kind of his first few games; it, it didn't really work that well. So, I think you you have to almost almost sacrifice a position, and I think maybe that position is on the right wing. Um, however, the problem there is you need a strong right back. For, for that to happen, and that is one of the positions that Barcelona don't really have at the at the moment. Nelson Smedo I think, will probably leave this summer. Sergio Roberto is. Um... I don't know how how would you describe Sergio Roberto? Maybe like the John O'Shea of Barcelona. Like, no, no, no. I'll explain what I mean. I was going to go on and say there's nothing wrong with Sergio Roberto. There just like there's nothing wrong with John O'Shea. But you know, he, he plays games and and he's a constant six at ten. Um, so like he he does he doesn't bring that kind of mobility and and energy up the right wing. Maybe I'm doing a little bit of disservice with the John O'Shea comparison. But I'll stand by it for now. Um, yeah. So I, I think. Um, there are a lot of players in that Barcelona team who you can build their next side. A lot of the young players, um, so obviously, I think the, the sooner you install him as the first choice on the left, is, is probably better. What you do with Griezmann, I, I don't know. To be honest, I, I'm baffled that he's seen as a so-called untouchable um, because I'd be trying to move him on as, as quickly as possible. Um, I think a replacement for Best Busquets, I think, takes you a long way to, to where Barcelona needs to be. Uh, Ricky Puig is you know, the energetic kind of midfielder that they need. I'm I'm astonished that he didn't play against Bayern Munich because just every time since lockdown that Barcelona have played and he's played, I think they've looked better. I think the Napoli game, it was obvious to anyone watching that they needed someone like him and he didn't play, uh, didn't start against uh, Bayern Munich. So there are there are green shoots of hope at Barcelona. And that's what I was saying earlier about, I think, you know, I think even two big players at Barcelona, there maybe you know, a, a centre forward, obviously, to replace Luis Suarez. I think he's he's maybe finished at the top level. And uh, Busquets replacement. I think that makes a massive difference. And you get the young players, Ansu and and, and Ricky Pugin even Araujo at centre-back and and, uh, Montu coming through as well. So I think that makes a big difference, Um, but they do need those players. And that's been part of the problem for Barcelona is they just haven't got those players with them. They've spent big recently, they've spent poorly. I
0: just agree with Graham. really, he doesn't really have a position and he will only drop further and further back as the years go by. So that's why I think as we'll go on, talk about striker is probably the most essential thing for him to alleviate that pressure as he starts going further back.
2: Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's interesting to sort of consider whether he might start following the Ronaldo approach of sort of managing his game time and almost missing some games. There's some games in the league where you shouldn't really need Messi to win. And it's not a disparity in the league. I think there's games in all the top leagues where you shouldn't need your best player. And if there's a big Champions League going up, you can make the rest. Onto these un, untouchables, as, it's, as they've been called. Slightly weird phrasing from Bartomeu, but we'll move past that, I guess. So he listed an initial seven, which was aforementioned Messi, Marc-Andre and Clement Longley, Nelson Semedo, very weirdly, yeah. Frankie de Jong, Anton Griezmann, Osmano Dembele, and then he mentioned Ansu Fatih a bit later on. The obvious name there is Semedo, isn't it? Why is he there? Yeah,
1: and, and Dembele as well is, is, is a peculiar one too. Um... PK not being there. I mean, of all the players, I think you would maybe want to keep the aging players. He's maybe one you would you would want to stick around. I think uh, I don't see him playing for another club other than Barcelona, um, to be honest, in, in his career. So
2: there are reports today. So before we came on, all clubs, Fulham have made a bid for him. Oh, so wow. you know, right, okay. let's so let's uh, let's keep that one on. Let's keep that one on watch list and see what happens. But yeah, I think as you say, like some of the older players on the list, PK is the one that stands out. Hinksy, is there anyone else you sort of feel like maybe should be you, we'd want to keep? I guess I'm like Jordi Alba, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's it's just absolutely baffling. And then to go and name Dembele and Griezmann on this list is almost a level of delusion because you're almost not wanting to accept your your past failings in the past two transfer windows. I mean, like like we've already touched on, even three of this list of seven slash eight aren't even untouchable anyway. And then they've gone and ignored maybe PK who. Quite clearly, could take offence to this and say, "Hang on a minute!" And yeah, he's off to Fulham in a in a couple of weeks' time.
2: I think, as a club, you can
0: see that Barcelona maybe
2: haven't been great at aging out some of this generation they've been very reliant on certain players Sergio Busquets is probably the obvious example in that respect obviously it's very difficult to find a player who can do what Busquets does but you the point still stands but some of the other players on this list as we mentioned Sergio Roberto earlier someone like Samuel Antutti, Junior Firpo, Arturo Vidal, Martin Braithwaite like again going with Hinksy's point this is just damning indictments on their transfer policy over the last three or four years I mean there have been very few transfers that have worked. I I like Longley a lot and I think he will continue yeah. to get better. But obviously he made a couple of big errors in that 8-2 defeat and he does have that in his locker. But they surely at some point you've just got to... I mean, uh, the problem is they're not going to do this, but you have to just hold up your hands and say, like, this is mostly on us and we haven't handled this transitionary phase very well at all. I mean, is there any sort of way that you could see Philippe Coutinho coming back and playing next season?
1: Yes, it's Barcelona. I mean, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to anything they do. I mean, they, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they completely changed their stance to continue on the, on the basis of his substitute appearance for Bayern Munich in that game, you know. Nothing would surprise me with, with Barcelona. I mean, they, they, they spend so poorly. They, they sell poorly as well, even the players they do sell. I mean, uh, Perez, uh, Carlos Perez in, in January, had, you know, had a good first half of the season when Messi was injured. You know, there's no way I'm arguing that he should be a first-team figure for Barcelona or anything like that. But as a squad player who had come through the ranks at Barcelona, who was probably on low-ish wages, was was more than adequate to be in that squad. And then they they sold him to Roma in in January, and then re, then had a striker cri- or a striker crisis, I should say, and then brought in Martin Brathway in February. And I'm just using this as an example of how little foresight there is at Barcelona. So. You know, Bartoméo naming players that he's keeping without a sporting director appointed and before the appointment of a manager, um, these these decisions are, are made in the hop. So yeah, continue probably, <laughs> who knows, might, his Barcelona career might be safe.
0: Yeah, and I think as um, I saw Sid Lowe pointed out on Twitter, I mean, what sort of transfer policy is this? What sort of strategy is this where you are naming the players that you want to keep, thereby naming the players you are willing to sell, how are you gonna get the most amount of money out of all of this recruitment when, say, City, you vet Juve, the players that can maybe afford some of the higher profile names that they're gonna be wanting to sell on, these clubs are gonna be like, Oh, yeah, we can get a cut cut price deal for that person. We can get like we're not gonna pay a hundred, we'll pay seventy five because we know that you wanna get rid of him. And probably not even seventy five, but you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just baffling and with six months to go, it's kind of like the final the final joke of his presidential reign in a way, just kind of setting up the next one just as awfully as possible.
2: Well, that's a pretty damning indictment and I think a very good way to finish. The very last thing I'm going to ask both of you, Graham, you first. Will Barcelona win either La Liga or the Champions League next season?
1: Oof. La Liga, possibly. I mean, that's just the way Barcelona and, and and Spanish football is. I mean, Barcelona have been drifting for a while and they still managed to win, what, three of the, the last four or, or something like that, La Liga's Champions League is, you know, difficult, I think, to see them winning that and before there's a substantial, significant regime change at the club. So I'll, I'll say no in the Champions League. But, um, yeah, the, the standards are different at Barcelona. So La Liga win might not even, uh, you know, appease fans.
0: So. Yeah, I I think I'll echo that. I mean, we have to put this whole crisis in perspective, really. You're talking about when an actor goes bankrupt, he has to sell his second or third home. Like, he doesn't actually go bankrupt. So, like, if Carlsberg did a crisis. So, you still have Lionel Messi, you're still Barcelona football club, and, you know, you can do this revamp while you're still a Champions League side. You can do this revamp while you've still got a shot at the title basically every year, and... Here in England, we have a post-Fergie United and a post-Wenger Arsenal who are nowhere near the title. And they're still going through this transitional period, which is just lasting forever. And here we have Barcelona who are struggling to admit that they need this transitional period, yet they're going to finish at least second next season. So, cut a long answer short, why not? Why not win the La Liga But Champions League? seems far off at the
2: moment yeah i think i largely agree with those sentiments there thank you very much to both of you for joining thank you graham thank you good fun as always thank you very much hinksy
1: yes thank
2: and thank you very much to everyone at home for listening make sure that you subscribe rate and review and ben will be back next week to talk all things champions league until then take care